This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings, and I am your host. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday season. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the journey to reconstruction, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to begin this process because I have spent the past three years getting to this point, and I could not be more excited to jump right on in and let you guys hear my thoughts behind the whole ordeal. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome back to the Touchy Subjects podcast. I have taken a little bit of a hiatus as I have been working through some family stuff, working through some work stuff, working through some health stuff, uh, working through some spiritual healing stuff. You know, it's almost like life decides to hit all at once, and it's not all bad. It's not all good. It just kind of is. And I've just kind of come to this place in my life where I don't see things as black and white anymore. I pretty much see the gray at all times. And that's actually what I want to talk to you about in this episode is, do you ever feel like you're hitting that end of the deconstruction spectrum where it's like, okay, I have fully deconstructed Now, I am one that believes that deconstruction is a lifelong process. We're never fully done, but we are at a place where we have stopped unpacking, and now it's like, okay, now I got to rebuild. And I thought of a really good analogy earlier this week. I had heard a business coach that I work with talking about the game Jenga, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's that game where it's all of the wooden blocks and you build them into this tower and then you pull each individual block out and try to keep the tower intact and not let it fall. And as she was talking about Jenga, it really did hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, this is the perfect analogy for deconstruction. Because the tower is our belief system, and each individual wooden block is a belief. And, you know, when things happen in our lives, whether it's a traumatic event, whether it's, you know, a hurt or an offense or just something really bad happening, you know, it makes us start to question. And that's, that's one of the main reasons that I tell everybody Deconstruction is healthy. If you're not deconstructing, honestly, there's a problem there. And it I'm not qualified to diagnose what that problem is. But I can tell you that if you are not deconstructing consistently, then you need to maybe look at what you might be repressing. But anyways, I want to get back to this Jenga analogy. So... You know, we're we're pulling out each block and reviewing it. And it's like, okay, is this block healthy? Is this belief healthy? Is this conditioning? Is this conditioning correct? 
or does it align with where I am today? You know, maybe this old belief served me back a few years ago, but maybe it doesn't fit right now. You know, look at all of the legalistic beliefs that we have been conditioned to implement into our lives. You know, whether that is no alcohol, no smoking. Look at the way that women are being treated as leaders within the church. Look at homosexuality. Look at social issues like pro-life versus pro-choice and what that looks like. You know, sex before marriage, abstinence, all of the different things that we have been conditioned to believe that are actually legalistic beliefs, pulling each one of these blocks out of the Jenga tower and being like, okay, is this a healthy belief in current time? Is this a belief that I can pass down to my kids and implement and impart onto the people that I speak and come in contact with? You know, is this belief system right for me? And is it something that I should be sharing? That's the question that as I see the Jenga tower in my mind's eye, I'm just sitting here like, okay, all of these beliefs that I've been taught my entire life, just pulling them out and reviewing them. And I think I finally come to the conclusion that I've, I've gone through all the blocks. And now what? Now it's the process of rebuilding and reconstructing. And to be honest with you, I feel like I've been on the seesaw for a little while on this because it's like, okay, how do I want to reconstruct? And I find myself, especially during the holiday season, there's like a church-sized hole in my heart because, you know, I was raised in it. I did not know a life outside of church before three years ago. And... It's like, okay, well, how do I reinsert this wooden block? How do I reinsert that part? Because I I still have my issues. And I don't think those issues are ever going to go away until there's a certain level of accountability that the church takes. I recently went to my college reunion where... I was asked multiple times why I was there. And I was really frustrated because a lot of the people that kept asking why I was there, they weren't asking out of joy to see me. They were asking because they were digging for information in my life. You know, one of the questions that I was asked a lot was, why did you come if you don't even believe in God anymore? And I'm like, pause. <laughs> let's, let's review. Deconstruction does not mean that you don't believe in God. Some people that deconstruct land in that spot on the spectrum, but I have not. Why are you assuming that just because I've deconstructed, that means I'm agnostic or atheist? That is a common misconception that whoever you are allowing to influence you is giving you incorrect information. Deconstruction is a spectrum, just like reconstruction is a spectrum. And 
I wish that more Christians would understand that deconstruction is actually what we are called to do. Deconstructing is not a sin. I don't know where this idea came up. And actually, you know what? I do know where it came up from. It is a control mechanism that the institution of the church is trying to control the narrative around deconstruction and paint those that have deconstructed in a bad light. And I'm like, come on, folks. This is not what it is. My relationship with God, with Jesus, is way better now than it ever was when I was working in church. Isn't that ironic? Like, I have a closer relationship with my family. I have a closer relationship with my friends. I have a closer relationship with God and spirituality, more so than I ever did when I was in church, all because I chose to leave and decide what actually matters to me. So when I was at this reunion, I was baffled by the fact that People believe what they want to believe over what I am sitting there telling them face to face. I only had one or two people actually ask me questions about deconstruction and tried to understand. And that's the other problem that I see with Christians is that they're not seeking to understand. They're not listening. Like my mom always taught me that We don't listen to react. We listen to learn and then respond. Like there's a difference between reacting and responding. And a lot of Christians in the church, they listen to react and they don't fully learn what it is that the other person is trying to communicate with them. That is unhealthy. I don't know who needs to hear this, but that is unhealthy. Like you have to start listening with the intention of hearing the other person's side of the street. And that's something I know that we all can be guilty of. We're all selfish by nature. That's normal. And we have to be intentional and choose to hear the other people out and to be present with our family, friends, and loved ones. But people don't do that anymore. And that's frustrating. It's really frustrating. So yes, we've got to be better in our communication. We've got to listen with the intention of hearing the other person out. And sometimes that means we're going to have to hear somebody say something that conflicts with what we believe. And this is where I believe that Christians have to get better. You know, even across Christianity as a whole, there are many subsects or denominations that have different beliefs. Some believe that it's Jesus only. It's only King James only. You know, there are some situations where it is all Holy Spirit, all speaking in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues, you're going to hell. You know, there's the Catholic and liturgical side of things where they are going by the same liturgy as everyone across the world. You know, there's so many different elements across Christianity that it is a spectrum in and of itself. And so we cannot automatically tell somebody that because what they believe is different than what 
I believe or what you believe that they're going to hell. It just doesn't work that way. Who knows what is sin, what is not? I know that the Bible tells you what it is, but even that I think can be questioned because we're sitting here looking at political and social contexts of things that were written thousands of years ago. So those are the areas that I struggle with Christians over. And that's why as I look at Reconstruction, it's like, okay, can I go to church? I think I can. I've proven to myself that I can. I can go without being triggered. I can sit in a service. I can listen to a pastor, but can I deal with the people? <laughs> and this is a message that I feel like Christians and especially church staff members need to hear. If your people are not kind, you have a culture problem. If you have a culture problem, no new people are going to want to come to your church because they're a bunch of a-holes. I've seen this time and time again, where there are cliques inside of churches that keeps them small. In fact, the church that I grew up in is a perfect example of this. There was one family that wanted to keep it a small family church, and that's what it stayed because the kids in that family ran everybody off. This is real life. I see it in family churches all across the country. It's that us for and no more small church mentality that will bite you in the butt because you have a culture problem, because you have a leadership problem. You have a leader that is unwilling to stand up to the bullies. This is a major problem in the church because if that family tithes a lot or if that family is somehow involved in all of the different ministries and you piss off that one family, then you lose half of your church volunteers. Yet another problem. Man, I could make a whole series on this as I'm sitting here talking through it because culture, there's many levels to it in whenever it comes to communities and organizations and under that umbrella falls churches. So, as I reconstruct or consider reconstructing, I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I can deal with people. And if I can't deal with people, then I surely cannot go to church because that's what the church is. It is a building with people that are flawed because that's what everybody is. We are all flawed humans. The only difference is that some humans recognize their flaws and they don't treat people like crap. That is where I'm at with all of this. And I'm like, can I even deal with it? I don't know. What I do know is that it is time to start reconstructing though. That is the one thing that I'm like, okay, the time is now. What does that look like? I don't fully know yet. At this point, I'm just kind of following my intuition and I'm following the leading of the spirit inside of me. And I know that if I do those two things, I can't go wrong. My hope for 2024 is that 
I can start speaking in churches. I think where I want to go with this podcast, because I, I've been very straightforward with everyone I come in contact with. I did not lose my faith. I lost my faith in the institution of the church. And so I do feel like I'm being called to make changes in the church. So what does that look like? Well, I'm getting ready to launch a nonprofit. And in that nonprofit, part of what we're going to be talking about is how to create a healthy church and what kind of systems need to be implemented into churches so that they become a safe space for everyone. That is what is important to me. And so as I start to reconstruct, these are the things that I'm going to be looking at is like, okay, let's use the Jenga tower analogy. And that is the church as it is now. Okay, well, let's pull back all of the blocks and be like, okay, is this healthy? I don't know. Let's look at it. Let's examine it. Let's go through it. And if it is healthy, we can put it right back in. And if not, we need to either find a new one or we need to find something that we can use to edit it, to make it better, to essentially start creating change. That is what I'm supposed to be doing here on this earth. And I hope that you'll continue to join me on this podcast journey because I believe how I'm going to start looking at things as to how I can change the church. And I know that this is not just a me thing. I'm not one of those narcissistic pastors that thinks I can do everything all by myself. I'm going to build a team of experts and people that genuinely care. And we're going to make change together. And I hope that this can turn into some kind of grassroots effort because it's not going to just be us that takes the change and implements it and embraces it. It's going to be the people. And so my hope and prayer for this year is to get to a place where I can start doing my part because we all have a part in creating a healthy church. I'm hoping that I can start to do my part. And in order to do that, I have to be healthy. And so I've spent the past three years getting healthy. I think I'm finally there. So now is the time to take action. And that's what I'm going to be doing. So I hope you'll join me on this journey to reconstruction. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Touchy Subjects podcast. If you would like more information about what we do and who we are and how you can get involved, check out our website, www.letstalktouchysubjects.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.